2: Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast in which two films with something in common go head to head to see which one does it better. On this episode, in the red corner, trapped in a tower block, ruled by a crime boss, some officers of the law must fight to survive. It's 2012's The Raid. Dan jangan lupa bersenang-senang. While in the blue corner, trapped in a tower block, ruled by a crime boss, some officers of the law must fight to survive in the future. It's 2012's Dread. 800 million people living in the ruin of the old world.
0: Only one thing fighting for order in the chaos. The men and women of the Hall of Justice. You know how often we get a judge up in peace trees? Where you got one now?
2: So, what's the connection, and which film does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the kraken! Yes, hello, Clash Podders, and welcome to Clash of the Titles. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly, and the Raid versus Dread is this week's episode. These movies were picked by me. I know. You don't like doing it, Vicky, but we're doing The Connection. I'm going to ask you, what do you think the connection is between these films, guys?
1: I haven't written anything funny, so I'm just going to back away from here and let Chris do it.
2: Okay. They've got the same plot. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's not the one I have written down, though. What well, have you guesses? got written down, Alex? All right. I pick these movies because they both open with a scene involving people in a van.
1: Oh, my God. I've written down a lot of stuff about camper vans. Great. Yeah, See, yeah, yeah, yeah. you did
2: have something.
1: Yeah, God, they're obsessed with camper vans. Mm, really both are. of the films. Yeah,
2: they love a camper van. What other films begin with camper vans, Alex? <laughs> uh, I don't know, is the answer. Do you? Mm. You put me on the spot. Sightseers, maybe?
3: Sightseers, seeers, yeah, be. that's true. Yeah, I used to have a
1: camper van. Ooh. Did you know that? Did you really? Yeah, VW camper van. Gorgeous yeah. thing. Yeah. Broke down fucking constantly. That's what they do. That is what they do. That's what
2: I've heard yep. on them. Um, yeah. On Reddit. I'm on a camper van Reddit group. <laughs> yeah. So I know a lot about camper vans. Ooh, RV, the Robin Williams movie. That surely got a camper van in. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? I don't think it opens with it, but it's very near the start.
1: This is why this bit's boring. Sorry. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> I just wanted to see how long it'd go on for. So, I gave you The Raid, Chris. I gave you Dread, Vicky. First of all, did you enjoy your choices?
1: I'll tell you what, when I watched The Raid, I had just eaten a pumpkin soup, which I'd seasoned with a homemade chilli paste. Nice. So what that means is I'd just eaten a very orangey, lumpy, ready liquid, mm. which I wish I hadn't eaten just yep. before I watched The Raid.
2: Oh, especially the bit where the bullet goes through the goggles and it goes...
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that does look like pumpkin
2: <laughs> soup. Yep, Chris? Yeah, I love
3: both these films... Uh, very much. And it was quite a boring conversation, I thought. People thinking, oh, did one steal the other one's plot? No, of course they didn't, you know. This happens in the film industry. There are
2: just too many uncanny things that happen. We'll get into it. Anyway, The Raid came out just before Dread in 2012. So that means, Chris, you're up first with The Raid. In the greatest Welsh triumph since Ian Rush won both the English and European golden
3: boot in 1984, writer-director Gareth Evans shoots the shit out of this thriller, (laughs) which is set in Indonesia and revolves around a bloke doing battle with an army of bad guys to rescue his brother from a criminal kingpin. And what the raid lacks in originality, it more than makes up for with some of the greatest action ever committed to film.
2: Who's Ian Rush? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It's like, fuck, is he
0: Russian?
2: So, uh, the raid then—fantastic, uh, fantastic film, Chris.
3: Yes. Love it very much. Interesting story about how it came about. It's made by a Welshman, as I said, uh, in Indonesia, which is kind of a strange combination. But Gareth married a woman who was Mm Indonesian-Japanese. They lived in Wales. Mm -hmm. She wasn't very settled there. His film career was going nowhere. Yep. And she got him work making a documentary on a martial art in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. He went out there, made it. He loved martial arts films anyway. And he met Iko. The star of the raid. And Eco was a delivery guy for a phone company. Question: Yes. Are we going with Eco? Because I was going to call him Ico. I've met him.
1: <laughs> In We're
3: your face. are going with Eco. Uh, he, he's actually taught me to fight. <laughs> But that's, that's a story for later uh, how but- is that a story for later <laughs> uh, yeah when I was working for IGN Gareth and Ico came to the office to do an interview and I suggested rather than give me an interview he teaches me how to fight uh-huh. with Gareth directing us because Ico didn't speak very good English either so he was kind of translating and directing and um, it was really embarrassing <laughs> because he was trying to show me things and he would do them too fast and I would say can you slow them down and so he'd slow it down and it was still too fast for me every time <laughs> and I we <laughs> just couldn't get it right and in the end we gave up. Have you used anything he no, taught you? He just left looking really angry and disappointed in me. <laughs> 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 and um, the cameraman said that he lost the footage. So I, d- I never even saw it back. I don't oh, know if it was that bad. There. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you out there. Did you
2: send him a gift? <laughs> <laughs> but no, Gareth saw Eco uh, at his master's house. Uh, because he was meant to be making a documentary about the masters. And then he saw this student, went, That's my guy. Mm. I want to work with him. And that's how it all came about. Yeah, he said he looked unassuming. And then he put on the uniform and started started um, doing his stuff. And it was like he was seeing a movie star born in front of him. It wasn't his first movie, though. He had made a very low-budget indie movie in 2006, Gareth Evans, called Footsteps. And just to complete the whole cycle of knowing everything we can about Gareth Evans, (laughs) (laughs) this movie was described in The Guardian as a never-seen social realist snuff movie.
1: Whoa. Yeah.
2: Sold. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) He'd also done a previous movie called Maranto with Aiko. Yes. He is credited now, Gareth Evans, with introducing... Uh, Silat to the world, this Indonesian martial art, which is described as a down and dirty free for all martial art and very sneaky. (laughs) Is that right? Sneaky. (laughs) That's what it's described. That's what Gareth Evans calls it. It's a sneaky martial art. (laughs) But would you describe what Eko,
3: as Rama in this film, does as sneaky? He's pretty above the board. It's everyone else that's sneaky
2: with him. Well, it's, is that a myth that do you, if you know karate, you remember at school when someone said, if you know karate and you get in a fight, you have to tell the person three times?
1: I've never heard <laughs> that, that. You know karate. But I love it. I love it so much. You use it is on that, them. Because that's your three warnings, and then I'm going to kill yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Yeah,
2: so if like, so you literally, if you ever got in a fight with anyone, you have to say, yeah. I know Silat. I a know bit. Silat. I know Silat. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, you can get your ass kicked. <laughs> By the time you say it the third time, you're on your ass. and
3: they've smacked you.
0: <laughs>
3: Sorry, we, hold on, I've got to say it one more time. <laughs> Bang! Yeah. This is a bit like a video game, isn't it? A bit. It? With
1: just, a, just a bit.
3: With, with, a, with a series of end-of-level bosses and you, like a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but this one you're going up rather than to the side. Mm. Yeah. Um. But you can see, you know, everyone said it was like Dread at the time. It's like Die Hard as well,
2: isn't it? Mm. Die Hard, he progresses through the levels. I mean, Gareth Evans actually references Die Hard as his initial inspiration. He said, first of all, I looked at Die Hard and went I want to set it in a skyscraper and he had an action movie in mind and it's only as he began to develop it he turned it into this well survival horror film Um, but I feel like a great great movies are made up of great moments
3: mm. and that's what i feel about the raids and i picked sort of seven that you're kind of looking forward to and excited to get to in the movie mm. but let's kick off by talking about the plot how it, yeah how it starts so it begins with with rama the main character that eco plays it's his morning routine he's praying he's working out he kisses his pregnant wife and according to Gareth, that's he wanted to represent the mental, spiritual and physical preparation that Rama does before going into battle. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Let's get to the van
1: bit, though, because <laughs> then
2: they're in a van.
1: They're in an exposition van. Yeah, they're in the van. <laughs> well,
2: exposition van. van. It is great, though. You know you talk about it being like a video game. He literally does. The commander, Jacker yeah. basically says we're going to go into the flats. There's some low-level scum. <laughs> then there's a narcotics lab with better trained people in it. Then we're gonna to Meet our two next level bosses. One's called Mad Dog, the other's called Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I had a me- immediately I had a problem with that because I'm like, if one of your henchmen has a cool name, mm. give the other a cool name. Yeah, for sure. Imagine the Matrix if like Morpheus went, Hello, Neo, I'm Morpheus, this is Trinity. And this is Carl. <laughs> he, he's temping for the day.
3: Andy is the brains of the business. He keeps Mad Dog in check, but will put bullets in you. That's Yo, what we're yeah. told about Andy. Yeah. And this is your first viewing of the film, Vicky. Yeah. What did you think of Mad Dog when you first saw him?
1: As a character?
3: Yeah, just, just in how he looks. He looks terrified.
1: And he's wiry. He's got stringy hair. Uh, but he's quite, he seems quite slight. He's so. very small, isn't he? <laughs> yeah.
3: He is very but small. And then
1: maybe that's... But I knew he was called... Mad Dog. Yes. And so that's telegraphed to me that I need to keep an eye on this guy. Because he's great. He's
2: brilliant. And he's in The Force Awakens. He's one of the um, smugglers who boards the ship. What Eco is. Uh, both Eco okay, and yeah. uh, Yaya. In the most pointless scene in The Force Awakens. I think it's the worst Ooh. scene.
3: And they don't really get to do much of their stuff.
2: I'm so pleased you said that. Yeah, It's yeah. the moment that that movie stops feeling like a Star Wars movie. A, the scene shouldn't be in there. And B,
3: they don't give him anything to do. Um, Joe Towson plays Jaka he was a judo champion mm. in Indonesia and it's interesting how he got the role he contacted Gareth through Facebook having seen one of his films and said can I be in your next film I love your social realist snuff movie <laughs> and Gareth before responding looked through his photos saw a picture of him dressed up in a SWAT uniform uh-huh. thought he looked the part
2: so asked him in for an audition and that's how he got the role <laughs> wow. yeah. he's great, he's a movie star His tragic death in Mm. it is one of the most powerful scenes for me. I'm like, I love that guy. I don't know what it is about. So they leave the exposition van, Mm -hmm.
3: get to the building, Mm. and then... That's about it in terms of plot. They're just going up and up and up.
1: Did you not think when one of the uh, SWAT team picks the lock to get in, doesn't he look really surprised that it's worked? <laughs> you know I think? He goes, oh, fuck. Oh, right. Oh, shit. We're in. We're in. We're in. Did I
2: say I could do this back at the office?
1: Watch him back and look at his face.
2: I like the guy uh, who's played by Pierre Gruno. the. Corrupt cop. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when you see them or when all the SWAT team turn up, they're all fully like you know when you turn up to a fancy dress party and you're the only one not in costume and you feel self conscious. They all turn up in their body armor and he's wearing a polo shirt. He
1: looks like he's going on holiday. <laughs> it really like does. it looks like travelling clothes. It's, you know, like comfy for the plane.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, was there an email I missed? <laughs> where? Why? Where is my helmet? <laughs> and he's <laughs> yeah. the
3: only one who isn't really a martial artist as well. So we, hence when he fights, <laughs> it's a bit more like <laughs> like like we would like to think we could fight. <laughs>
2: it's a free for. All. He only has one fight in the narcotics lab and everyone's yeah. doing this amazing martial arts. He chucks a chair at someone. he yeah.
1: push a filing cabinet yeah. at someone?
2: Have that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting subtext to his story. Mm. The actor, obviously the character survives, is recast in The Raid 2. He dies in this? No, he doesn't. No, he tries to put a gun Oh, yeah, the... he yeah, he yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he, tries, does. To yeah. he tries to kill yeah, himself. They yeah, yeah, yeah. walk him
1: out at the end. Sorry. Yeah.
2: So he dies in The Raid 2, but he's a different actor and Gareth Evans when people were like why is he not in it he's like sometimes scheduling doesn't work sometimes there are other reasons I'm just a believer in putting every penny on screen Yeah, you're like, uh
3: oh Yeah. Because Mad Dog's in uh Raid Two, but playing a, the actor's playing a different character. All oh,
1: right. <laughs> but he's so recognizable. <laughs> yeah. I did find
3: it quite confusing watching Raid Two. But then we've got one of my seven big scenes that I think make this film great. Um Tama's intro. Tama is the uh the gangster no! the kingpin. Oh yeah. Oh my god, and I love it, it. He's got he's got uh three guys on their knees, three prisoners that on he's on plastic
1: uh, sheeting though. On, <laughs> plastic yeah, sheeting. So it's not to make not to mess up his house. I
3: love that because if you're a slum landlord and And house proud.
1: That's great. So
3: he's about to execute them. He shoots two of them in the head and he runs out of bullets for the third one. Mm. So he rests the gun on his shoulder, goes to his drawer, which has bullets in, but does not pick up the bullets, picks up a hammer. He's immediately
2: relatable though.
1: (laughs) Because of that?
2: Because he, like what he's wearing, he's wearing a vest top with some pyjama bottoms Mm. eating plain noodles. I'm like, I've been there on a hangover.
1: Yeah, I, thought, I know where you are.
2: Yeah. He needed a diet coke, didn't he? Yeah.
1: Then it, the whole film would have been very different.
3: <laughs> but that's a great, it's a great intro for a cool villain. So they're in the building. Uh, there are kid spotters all mm. around, and a, one of them gets shot in the head.
1: Yeah. A, the tiniest little crack of a doorway
3: how do like, everyone feel about this This is a child I know how you feel about children being shot
2: after last week's episode
3: I
1: don't think it's just me that feels like that just I mean within this room maybe I'm the odd one out I don't know but
2: <laughs> I think the bullet might go through the door no, it does.
3: It okay. does go through the oh, door, yeah. Okay. The bullet in the neck, he shot in soft focus because he thought it would be disrespectful to show a kid dying in direct focus.
1: Okay. Which
2: I don't know if that holds much
3: water yeah. for me. Baby
1: steps, <laughs> yeah.
2: But once the cops have been found out and discovered, uh, Tamar, the crime boss, does say, lock the place down, I'll call the neighbours. Yeah. And I really wish we'd heard that phone call, like, Hey, guys. <laughs> Tomorrow, drug lord from next door. Just let like, you know there's going to be some gunfire and screaming. Uh, so that's what's going to be going on. You know who the neighbours are, don't you? Is it like Janet? It's the snipers. That's what yeah. he calls. Okay,
3: I know. I can't, I can't figure out if you're joking or not. <laughs> wink at me next time.
1: He can't wink. So yes, I very can. confusing. can. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, so nice bit, good on a podcast. Nice visual gag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Well done, me.
3: So yeah, the, <laughs> the snipers are taking
2: people out outside, and he let, He says, "Don't kill them. Let them scream." Yeah. Yeah. Dark. Oh, when they shoot up the front of the camper van.
1: That's a nice camper van that is ruined. It is, and they go for a lot of money. (laughs) I do think, as police officers, they could be better. For what is a, a war film, essentially, they're under siege. They do stand by open windows quite a lot more than I believe your training would suggest. Like, mm. you're under siege. Don't stand by an open window. Or if you're in a camper van and your whole team is in this murder house, it's not the time to read the paper. <laughs> it isn't, is it? Yeah. Like, why are you not concentrating? Do you know what they're
2: talking about, though? Football. Yeah. Chris? Men,
1: yeah. honestly. Ian
3: Rush. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a <it's> callback. <laughs> to who? Uh, so it, uh, the ne- next scene I like is when he acts as a hole in the floor to get down to the next floor and as soon as he drops into that floor, four people run at him yeah. and the cameraman comes down through the hole with him. Yeah, yeah.
1: that was cool. Yeah. It made me think of yeah. it. It looks like a zombie film. That's right? what I was going to say. Yeah, That bit just, especially. Yeah, that bit. They, because they just keep coming. Like, there's never any end.
3: Yeah, well, as, as Alex said, Gareth called this a survival horror and he said it's inspired by slasher movies as well so there's a scene later on with a guy with a machete sort of tapping the wall as he walks along <gasps> yeah, and it's straight um,
2: out of friday the 13th you the know guy, yeah. the guy with the gold chain because you know your thing about men with white socks? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Reminders?
1: Don't trust a man in white socks unless he's playing sports and even then be careful.
2: Yep. I feel the same about men with thick gold chains. Absolutely. Carrying machetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to give them a wiper. Yep, <laughs> right?
3: I just started giving white socks a go again.
1: No, don't. I'm being serious. Don't. I'm helping you out. Don't.
3: Why? What if they're the trainer's white socks that just don't, you can't see them?
1: Uh, you, can you definitely not see them? Yeah. Then why are you wearing them? Like just
3: something between me and my shoes. I
1: mean, you could buy black socks for that. You should just to err on the side of caution. Imagine you were a white
2: trainer with a black.
3: But you you don't see the socks, so
1: it's not an issue. So why does it have to be black? Just in case.
2: (laughs) Imagine you went round to someone's house for dinner, and they were one of those people that make you take your shoes off, which is wrong, Mm. by the way. Uh, Like then people would see your tiny little white socks. Like a baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: little booties. I think
2: it'd look weird if they're tiny little black socks.
1: No. It absolutely, 100% wouldn't. I tell okay. you what, you test it. Give it a little roll test. Well, I'll, I'll let you happen. know.
3: So on to my third <laughs> favourite scene, the backbreaker. Man gets thrown from top
1: oh, yeah. onto the
3: next level and he breaks his back on the balcony. Mm. Oh. So... I know the story. Yeah, i have got to tell this twice now, but yeah... Um, A guy got really hurt doing that. that. Really hurt. Did he break his back? He didn't break his back, but he was knocked unconscious for 10 minutes. Oh. When he came round, he said uh, he could carry on, but they sent him away for four
2: days to recover.
1: To a hospital, presumably, not just like.
2: And then he came back and did the stunt. Yeah. Jesus. The wires didn't work properly, so he fell five meters. Oh my God. And missed all the crash mats that were out and hit a concrete floor.
1: Jesus.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Gareth Evans does talk about how dangerous a lot of the stunts are <laughs> yeah. in this movie.
3: Well, there are no unions in Indonesia, oh, which is why not? he makes his films there. He says... Work, he says, <laughs> <laughs> he says does he say that? <laughs> he says. Uh, Please
1: tell me that's not true. He
3: says they work very long hours. So the shortest day on the raid was 16 hours and the longest day was 26 hours. But yeah, 26 <laughs> hours is the longest they film for uh, continuously. So yeah, you're just getting away with everything there. How do you
2: feel about that, Vicky?
1: I feel extremely angry, predictably.
2: (laughs) How are you with martial arts films in general? Because obviously this goes from being a lot of gun battles at the start to a proper full-on martial arts movie.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me this question and I've wanted to come up with a witty answer and not be the person that's like, meh. But it's like, I do find there are points where I looked away and, you know, had a little sip of drink or something and then came back to it and it's still going on and that's not for me, like... I understand that. I think the choreography is amazing, and I like. You know, I thought the intensity of the film was um, a real experience. Mm. But to, I just, I'm just watching someone endlessly, endlessly kick the shit out of someone else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, it's not my thing.
2: That, I, I do agree with you a bit. Towards the end yeah. of this, I was worn out by yeah. watching people
3: fighting.
1: Yeah,
2: they are particularly long fight scenes as well,
3: mm. aren't they? Um, which is a shame actually. If that's how you feel, because the best fight scenes are at the end of the
2: film. But maybe by that time it's just overload you're overloaded well while we're on the subject of fights top three movie fights ever She so who wants to go first
1: number three anchorman west side story <laughs> news teams assemble <laughs> uh you've probably got this on your list old boy hallway fight oh god <laughs>
2: talking about hammers
1: yeah and then just because it's so iconic um the matrix the first matrix um when neil realizes he's a badass. Just oh, um, fighting Agent Smith. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's just it's just lodged in my brain. It, it looks gorgeous, like, and it isn't too uh, gory. So that's the girly. It's answer. a good
3: three. Well, that's good. I can drop Old Boy out of my three then, because <laughs> I've, yeah, I've got yeah. five at the moment. I so, knew you'd have it. Yeah, I mean, I like. I, I, it's, that's probably my favourite one. And there's a lot of that in this. You can see that that's been an influence. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to say that one as well. Just bonus.
1: while Chris is thinking, this is what I wanted to say before. So I was running this list past Mark and I was like, oh, obviously The Matrix. And he was like, I haven't seen it. It's like, you fucking what? You tell me this on our 18 year anniversary. You think you know someone? Do you know what I mean?
2: Are you okay? He
1: says it's a one star film. He won't watch it. I was what?
2: Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he
1: refuses.
2: I'm, I'm coming over.
1: And he's, yeah you sure? I'm coming over. He's see, he see <laughs> Mat- he seen Matrix
2: 2 and 3
3: in Love them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Oh, so gosh. I'm going to go
2: uh, number three. I'm going gonna... to just can't. Oh my god, I cried when I saw The Matrix Reloaded because I realised I'd never get that time back. <laughs> Actually, Reloaded isn't as bad. It's revolutions where they completely lose the plot. Uh, the the fist fight in a film. I'm
3: hoping we'll talk about in the future. They live. Oh, man, you picked my number three.
2: Absolutely.
3: Number three is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number two, I'm going to go the scene where Superman fights himself in Superman 3. Because <laughs> that blew my friggin' mind when I was a kid. Because it's Superman fighting Superman. Yeah, and then when it was on the telly, I recorded it and just watched that scene over and over again. It's all you actually should watch from Superman 3. <laughs> and then at number one, I'm going to go for Rama versus the assassin uh, in The Raid 2. It's great. But I think it's the best
2: fight in The Raid movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh my number 3 you've picked it already. They live number 2 I'm picking Raiders of the Lost Ark with a big Nazi where he is beating the shit out of Indy and then Indy distracts him until the plane's propeller goes oh, into yeah. it. yeah! Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That bit, because that yeah. bit where the blood just splatters yeah, across yeah. the plane. And I had Neo versus Agent Smith because I love Keanu and I love Keanu now more than ever. I'm picking the house invasion at the start of John Wick. No, Chris? Well, I think... I, I mean, I love John Wick
3: more than I love The Raid, but I think in terms of fights... Well, I knew you'd say this yeah. because it's a gunfight as opposed to a fisticuff fight. No, but just think in terms of the moves as well. I think Keanu Reeves is good, but I think these guys are next level. Mm. But they're your choices. There's no wrong
1: answers. Right, oh, finally! <laughs> I, I felt I felt what it's like. Welcome now. to my world. <laughs> yeah, jeez, every fucking week. Jeez, that look. Mm-hmm. You never stick up for me. I'm not helping you out. <laughs> oh,
2: I always sometimes think about sticking up for you. <laughs> You are a monster, Chris. (laughs) I can't help how my face just gives away
1: what I'm thinking a
3: bit
2: too often. At least you realised it yourself this time.
3: Do you like the bathroom fight in Bourne 2? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Is that the one where he
2: rolls up a magazine?
3: Yeah, because Joey Ansar, who's the guy that Bourne fights... I know that his brother listens to this podcast. Okay. So I think he was involved in the choreography of that fight, but also he's the one that born fights. So yeah.
2: Great. I just have to ask. Is this a little bit like where you know people and you say you text them and they just happen to never text back and actually you don't really know them? Is that one of Is that one of these Who are, was that? Fedor Fanny Alvarez Fede Alvarez yeah where you were like yeah I texted him Fede? Like, yeah. Fede 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 so embarrassing
3: <laughs> that's so funny because I was going to do that this week and I got scared and didn't I was going to ask Gareth a question about this film and I thought if he doesn't respond to me I'll feel really sad so I didn't do it
1: you've got to put yourself
2: out there yeah just try it. you know scream into the night Fede <laughs> Fede <laughs> All right, cool. So, do you remember when after the raid became um, a moderate success, but a well-respected success, they wanted to do an American reboot? And you know when you hear an idea and you go, "No, no, 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 no," uh, Liam Hemsworth and Chris Hemsworth as the brothers no in way. the Raid remake? I'm I'd not watch sure. Watch.
1: <laughs> I would watch that. This is the thing. Before I watched the Raid, I had I read about it and I thought I was told to expect a sort of non-stop. 100 minutes of fighting and that was it but the brother's plot I really liked and I, I thought it was it's a good effort to mm. sort of you know to give it a bit of emotional um, weight
3: because we haven't really said that uh, Andy turns out to be Rama's brother he does. Uh, which is nearly a twist, or is it a twist? Not really, because we no, know he's going in twist. there to get yeah, someone out, says isn't to he? someone,
1: I'll get him back. And I
3: think
2: you suspect pretty early on it's Andy. Yeah. And I like the fact that Andy doesn't die at the end and just sort of goes, I'm still not going to come back with you, though, because yeah. I fucking love crime.
1: Yeah, I'm really good at it, so.
3: yeah, It's actually, it's it's setting up stuff for the sequel. So it's really nice
2: that, yeah, Andy comes back. and Have you seen, you've seen Raid 2, haven't you? Yeah, I love yeah, Raid. Yeah. I love the car chase at the end of Raid 2. So, do you know this US version of The Raid, they're still talking about it. In April this year, Joe Carnahan, he of the A-Team and NARC and Smoking Aces fame, is still talking about it happening and it's going to be set in Venezuela and it's going to star Frank Grillo, Mm. crossbones from Captain America. I mean, it might
3: still happen. It's just unnecessary. So, should we talk about that finale fight then? We have Andy and Rama versus... Mad Dog.
1: Yeah, it's a bit unfair, but I suppose he had it coming. So.
3: That was the question I was going to send to Gareth if I'd summon up the courage. Mm. It was going to ask him if Andy wasn't there, how would Rammer have fared on
2: his own one on one with Mad Dog?
1: He would have been killed. He would
2: have been killed. <laughs> I, no, I think that was what the answer would be, wouldn't it? But that's the whole point. Like, yeah. Nate, you need two people to take down Mad Dog. That's why it's. It that's, that's the premise of the fight. Am, am, I, am I taking crazy pills over here? No. That's why they're both there. Sorry,
1: hello, yeah. 97. Am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know why that popped in. <laughs> From the very past.
3: <laughs> uh, how did you feel about that fight, though?
1: Well, that's at the point where I start sort of stopped Is watching. I, did, I didn't turn away because I was feeling squeamish. I turned away because I was bored. I think you're right.
2: And I think the problem I had with it, because the best martial arts fights that I love the most, are ones with humour in them, which is why I think Jackie Chan, especially his early movies like Wheels on Meals, like there's so much humour in the fights and there isn't in this. And I think a bit more humour for me. That's what I like. For sure. Uh, What was I going to say? Did you enjoy the music in the film?
1: I can't remember a single piece of music. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Oh. Is it a trick question? No,
3: it was, I thought it was quite interesting, but if you didn't even notice it. Uh, no, all right, hold on.
2: <laughs> Are you taking a sip of water? How long is this? <laughs>
3: well, no, because I'm waiting for you to, to interrupt me and say it's no good. All right, no, let's just go to the let's go no, to the No, end no, no, there. no, 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 no. No, no, it's all right.
2: No, it's all right. no, 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 no. It's boring, honestly. No. Is it, though? Why don't we, I think the, the, the best thing, Vicky, do you want to hear what he's got?
1: Um... <laughs> no,
2: go, go, go let's just go, let's go, to, let's go to the last bit Alright, great So, uh, So
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does They charge you a lot, we charge you a little So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation We decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch.
3: Forty five dollars up front for three months, plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per
1: month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Since two thousand and thirteen, Bombus has donated over one hundred million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness.
2: The Raid, who is your MVC most valuable character? Vicky.
1: Uh, tamma the badass boss, um, just because of the what you talked about before, about the, the hammer, the vest, the noodles. <laughs> when he shuts down the building, when he speaks over the tannoy and he's telling the residents to uh, kill these um, police officers, he says, um, and please enjoy yourselves. <laughs> 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 that was a great line.
2: <laughs> okay, your MVC, Chris? Mad dog. Simple as. Yep. I actually, well, it's nice, People we got different ones. I went for eco because I think... Without, Rammer. Yeah, well, Eco's <laughs> the actor, Rammer's the character. I am interested in him surviving this, and so without him. And also, I'd you know, I've seen, I'd never seen Sil on screen before, and it's great. Okay, so uh, this week's the best moment, best kill, Chris. Uh, we didn't talk about the machete gang fight, which
3: I think is one of the best scenes in the film, and it would be the end of that when uh, the guy's killed by his neck being thrust into the splinters on the floor. Oh.
1: Yeah, I... yeah.
3: <laughs> you mean on
2: the door frame? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mind even, blowing. Even eco looks a bit like ah, oh, that's, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, he does. He sort of goes.
1: Hu-h-h-h-h-h. I had that, but um, I, I but it was trumped by and I can't believe you haven't mentioned it. Fucking exploding fridge! Come on, oh, that's fucking brilliant, Martin. No,
3: because as Indiana Jones had taught us, you should never nuke the fridge. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: That became the new jumping the shark for a while, didn't
3: it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, in Joker, when he climbs inside the fridge, have I gone on to you about this already? Isn't it true you can't get out of a fridge?
2: <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, especially yeah. those ones with the latch handle. Yeah, yeah. The
1: that, minute he got in the fridge, I was like, "Is he trying to kill himself?" Mm-hmm. Like
3: that's why. That's why the time machine in Back to the Future is a car. It was a, in the original script. It was a fridge. Yeah. And then someone pointed out kids are going to climb into fridges and die. Yeah. So we've got to change it. And they came up with a better thing.
2: There's a Stephen King story about um, when machines are evil. It's called The Mangler, and it's about this Mangler. I think it was turned to a film, actually, that uh, crushes people. It chases people down and drags them through its rollers. But part of that story is about an evil fridge on a scrapyard that trapped kids inside.
1: Really? Hmm. Mm. Like
2: I'm right. Absolutely. It's from something. On the money. On the money. For once. What's your best kill, Alex? Uh, when the camper van gets killed. <laughs> they really fuck it up. It gets up. really killed. And it dies. It's overkill. Horribly. Are you talking about the exposition van? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. What would you change about the raid?
1: I would just put a few fucking one-liners in there just to brighten the place up a bit. Do you know what I mean? There's only one and please enjoy yourselves and that's it. It's just fucking such a grind.
3: change Chris? Uh, I would change the title back to The Raid because it's called The Raid Redemption in America and that's just stupid they said it's because they couldn't get clearance for the title The Raid in the US but I don't know if that's because they sold the rights for a remake of The Raid in the US and that was I don't know if that was the thing I haven't tracked that down but because there's no bloody redemption in this film to call the film that's what part two is (laughs) this is the frigging raid I would also add uh, before the film in cinema because I haven't had a chance to mention this before Lee Hardcastle's claymation version of The rage, Yes, which if you haven't seen it we will tweet it out from at Clash Pod but it is amazing it is a plasticine version in five minutes with cats yes. and it is, it's is—it's even more violent than this film <laughs> it, Lee's a genius Hi Lee
2: Hi Lee I would change one thing about it uh, which is Andy's knitwear it's way too big for him that jumper <laughs> Right then, so that is The Raid. Moving on, we are now doing Dread. Also from 2012, Vicky.
1: I watched Dread, where the lower half of Carl Urban's face does battle with Cersei Lannister in the Siege of the Red Keep. Not really. It's Lena Headey as a terrifying drug lord, causing chaos in a tower block, all to stop Dread reaching the top. When really, if she'd just turned off the lifts and made him walk up 200 flights of stairs, with the amount of leather he's wearing, he would have died of exhaustion, and that is job
0: done. (laughs) She has control of everything. Levels one to 200. This is Mama. Somewhere in this block are two judges. That's not good.
1: I want him dead.
2: Um. Now, before we get really into Dread... Mm-hmm. 1995's Judge Dredd. Did you watch it as well? Have you seen it?
3: Did I have you?
1: seen it. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. But I saw it in 1995 and I haven't seen it since. I, I... saw it
3: in ninety-five. I saw it again about five years ago and I was going to watch it again last night and I couldn't be bothered.
2: <laughs> I mean, this movie, the one we're going to talk about, Dredd, everyone loves it because everyone hated Judge Dredd because of major, major problems. Mainly that Sliced Alone goes, yeah, I'll be taking the helmet off. That was one of two things he said. The other thing is it needs to be funnier. Yes, this is Judge (laughs) Dredd, the comedy. (laughs) He did. He had him falling out with Danny Cannon, the director, uh, because Danny Cannon was like, "No, it's a dark movie." Sliced Alone thought, according to him, he was in a comedy action romp. You
3: got Amanda Sante, Max von Sydow, Sylvester Stallone. They're all quite funny in it. The only one that's not funny is Rob Schneider. (laughs) And it's all unintentional, (laughs) the humour. Hey, I've been... Sorry,
2: yeah. I've got history with Rob, so... When are you guys doing another gigolo movie? (laughs) So, yeah, I was in Juice Bigelow, European gigolo.
1: As a zombie, or as a (laughs) No, it was a
2: bit of a a stretch, actually. I was a TV presenter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Right. Also, um, I didn't realise, but Danny Cannon, I was like... I, I, you know, Danny Cannon, I think, does a good job on Judge Dredd. I wonder what he's doing now, because he doesn't really make movies anymore. He's a huge name in TV. He like basically created CSI.
3: Yeah, oh. No, he's the most. he is the most successful British director in history. Is that right? Because of the success of CSI and the other spin-offs that he's done.
2: What I wanted to see was Danny Cannon's original cut of Judge Dredd because it was an NC-17 rating that no movie wants. So they had to cut it back to get it to an R rating and Sliced Alone wanted to cut it back further for PG-13 but they couldn't do it because there's so much violence. Mm, We'll talk about ratings later on this podcast. Great.
1: Oh, how exciting.
3: I'll look forward to that. (laughs) Because I've had some uh, run-ins with the writer of this script, which we will talk about.
1: Have you? Oh, that's interesting. Is he the writer or is he the director? Good. Oh, thank you. I've yes. done some research. Tell uh, us about
3: this, he, he told me at the start of this.
1: <laughs> the man's just said, you have the floor. You're only sitting two foot across from him. Don't tell me you can't see it.
2: Did you want to say something,
3: Vicky?
1: Fuck it, no. You say it. No, go on. No.
2: Vic, this is your movie, Vicky. Yeah, and
1: I did some research this week. Um, and I found out that Carl Urban thinks that Alex Garland directed it as well as uh, having written it and that Pete Travis didn't. Yeah. So what happened there?
2: Yeah, I know. He goes as far as to say that... Alex Garland definitely directed it and people should always consider Alex Garland's directing CV as Dread, Ex Machina and Annihilation, but it started with Dread. Mm. Oh, is this a protest silence now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is it you wanted to say? Yeah, tell us
2: there's that
3: <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable no he, he told me that um, Garland told me that right at the start said I directed it but I can't say okay and it, apparently it was oh he actually said this to you said this to me r- when the film came out uh-huh. And I couldn't really use it because it was off the record. He kind of said it to me just when we were, after we'd done an interview. Oh,
2: can I ask you a question? A when, does, when does off the yeah. record stop being off oh, the it doesn't, record? Oh,
3: it doesn't mean any. Off the record doesn't mean anything, but out of respect if, you know, I don't want to get him in trouble. He,
1: the, we were having this conversation. What's the other thing that doesn't mean anything? When you say allegedly, so you say, so-and-so did this. Yeah, that allegedly. doesn't mean anything. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. I,
2: and if you say, I know karate three
3: times.
1: <laughs> that's bullshit. That's crap as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Got it.
3: There there was one article more recently that got published that said that Pete Travis had uh, a clause in his contract that said that if he was fired, they couldn't announce it at any time because he had formed for being fired from projects before. I don't know if that's true. Shall I say allegedly?
1: I don't don't know the rules anymore. What
2: a vote of confidence from your director.
1: I don't know. I get it. In standard, in a writing contract, you have the right to remove your name from it, even if it's your film, just in case. It's the Alan Smithy thing. I don't know.
2: That's what they. If you, if a director has his name taken off a movie, it has to be credited to Alan Smithy. Yeah, that
3: was that that, that stopped about twenty five years ago. For for twenty years, that was a. Am
2: I taking crazy pills
3: over here? (laughs) But yeah, no, there was a a time when uh, Garland was potentially going to try and get a co-director or full director credit. Mm. They dropped that, but but he recently said um, it was a pretty crude experience for a bunch of reasons. At the end of it, I didn't want to go back. I love Dread, by which I mean I love the character, but I'm not in any hurry to do that again, which is why... He hasn't done a sequel and why he's not going to be working on the TV series they're doing, which is a shame, I think.
2: You say they're doing. This TV series was first mentioned in 2017, Judge Dredd, Mega City One. It sounds like a great idea. They're doing Hill Street Blues is what they're pitching it as set in Mega City One. But the most recent mention of it comes from only last week. Work is ongoing and that's pretty much it. We haven't spoken to Carl Urban about it. It sounds vague, which is a shame because I think that would be an amazing TV series because Mega City One, which is part of my problem with Dread, is an amazing, sprawling city that you want to see every corner of and this movie just concentrates on one building.
1: Yeah, and um, for a city of 800 million people, mm. not a lot of traffic, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's. and Then I realised, if everyone's driving a camper van, that's why there's no traffic because they've all broken down.
2: So... We meet dread in a high speed pursuit of guys taking the drug, which is also the effect, <gasps> special effect. The thing that makes you want to watch something. The
1: <laughs> Oh god. god, god fucking... you're so,
0: so
2: the specific. thing that makes you want to watch something. Yeah, the hook. No, no, yes, the fucking <laughs> hook. Thanks. So yeah, the slow-mo drug is mm-hmm. like both like the, the, the drug, but it's like the hook in terms of this is what we're doing with this movie. We're yeah. gonna be doing scenes in slow yeah. motion. I don't understand the appeal of slow-mo as a drug.
1: I'm going to reverse that and say I do understand the appeal of slow-mo as a drug. If I was taking it, I would not be constantly looking at droplets of water. There are other experiences that I would like to draw out. Well,
3: first, let's say what it is. So it slows your perception of time down to 1% of what it would be normally.
1: Yeah. Mm. So what would you do in that situation? like? um lean Heady has a bath someone else just chills out at the back of a camper van there are millions of other things in the world that are that you don't want to end
3: without, I, without stating the obvious because this is a family show yeah
1: an orgasm is that what you meant
3: so, without stating the right. obvious
1: i had some others it's fine bacon sandwich head massage
3: <laughs> <laughs> i i thought i <laughs> i thought sneeze
2: <laughs>
3: why that feeling of a sneeze uh, or what about your ears popping when you get off a plane? These that are, horrible are horrible things. That, so horrible. that moment when you just they
2: open up and you can hear the world again. Yeah. Or falling from the top floor of a skyscraper into a courtyard below. Do
1: you I think it's weird that they bang on about that so much. Like when they get into the building, and three, is it three people have been thrown off the balcony under the influence of slow mo.
2: Yeah, they've been skinned.
1: But they've as been well. skinned. Everyone's like, "God, that must have been a long way down." It's like they've been skinned <laughs> in slow motion. Why is everyone so obsessed with the fucking balcony drop?
3: So the the drug is a special effect they use in the movie. It's quite clever the way the story sort of is in service of the effects they use so they they use this brand new camera at the time the phantom flex so normal film is 24 frames a second this camera can take more than three thousand frames a second so it does look pretty impressive especially if you saw it in the cinema in
2: 3d i was going to say it's one of those movies that was incredible in 3d in the cinema and yet watching it not in 3d it holds up. Because you know when you've rewatched Avatar and in the cinema it was this phenomenon and then you watch it at home you go, this cannot be the same movie.
1: I uh, have fun facts for you. 3D doesn't work on me because I've got a lazy eye, so mm. it doesn't work. Yeah, I know. I work really hard to stop it. If I get really pissed, which I'm sure you've seen... Um, So it it goes. It drifts.
2: I have the same thing. Do you? No kidding. Yeah. It used to do it all the time. And I had an operation when I was six where they put my eye out and did something with the muscles. Oh, my God. So now I have to be super, super tired. And it goes in and people go, Why are you doing that thing with your eye?
1: I was on the waiting list for the operation, but Blackburn didn't make it. So I just (laughs) didn't have it. I had an eye patch at school for years.
2: To make the other eye work harder. Yeah. Which doesn't.
1: P.S. NHS. That doesn't fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> you just get very much sidelines. Yeah, and they're not even like... Called my, a ginormous plas- flesh-coloured yeah, plaster. Yeah. A cold yeah. plaster it's every like, morning stuck on my gonna eye. If you're going to
2: do that, at least give me a pirate eye patch so I can go, yeah. looking like a badass.
1: I think that's what, if it happened now, which it wouldn't because it's cruel and barbaric, I think they would give you a kid's plaster with like little ducks on it or something. But yeah. back then it was like, whack, or have a, this huge gauze
2: <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, or at least draw a fake eye on it so it looks like <laughs> you've got imagine. two eyes.
1: How how terrifying, with big eyelashes. (laughs) So we're a great night out, Chris, when we get hammered.
2: Hey, do you know who was first before Peter Travis asked to direct this movie? Your friend Duncan Jones. He actually did say that his version was going to be weird, dark and funny, but didn't mesh with what Garland's script was. So that's why he didn't want to do it. So I do want to talk about Olivia Thirlby. Who plays Judge Anderson?
1: Yeah, I thought she was brilliant. Psychic sidekick, sidekick. A psychic sidekick, sidekick, but not.
2: Really <laughs> Look at, that. at
1: your face. <laughs> I, really?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even put it in capitals. Yeah. So, yeah, we get the training day storyline essentially, don't we?
2: And she can't wear a helmet as well. She goes, A helmet will interfere with my psychic abilities. And Dread goes, I think a bullet would interfere with them more. <laughs> you see, there are some funny lines, maybe not yeah. enough, but there are some great mm. lines but in this. But
1: you love Dread, this Dread. More than the Sylvester Stallone because Karl Urban doesn't take his helmet off because Judge Dread never takes his helmet off. Mm-hmm. Correct. So obviously that you can't have Anderson not take her helmet off either because then you've just got two jaw lines running yeah. around. Yeah. So do you see the need to be able to see someone's face? Does that diminish your love for Dread in any way? Because you don't see you can't see any emotions. So she gets she carries all of that. And she does it really well. Hmm. But does that not make you see the flaw in the character of Dread at all? Not at all. No. Okay. But, be- but without her, what? Wouldn't oh, it be bad? Like... But that's
2: yes. That's why she's there. She has the arc yes, in this does. movie. Dread yeah. has a tiny little arc that really doesn't register. So yeah, you need. You'll always need someone okay. like that. So alongside you think that's Dred. all right
1: for a film? It's called Dread, and he's the central character. But he will always need a very well-rounded psychic yeah. he's, sidekick. he's
3: always he's always the straight man in any Judge Dread story. Okay, mm. he's the consistency, and, and then it's everything around him that brings character to the story. Uh, we're also
2: very early on introduced to Marmar, yeah. Lena Headey's character. Um, so she is described as she was slashed up by her pimp and she feminised the guy with oh, her yeah. teeth.
1: So this is what I wanted to ask you two. I thought like this film gets double tick for me for having two interesting female characters for me to get into the headspace of for 90 minutes or whatever. However, Lena Heady as the boss, she feminizes someone with her teeth in order to get to that position. So, have the writers done that? Because just if she just kicked the shit out of someone, you wouldn't be scared of her. Like, for a woman to be terrifying to a man, she has to have ripped his knob off. Is that correct? (laughs) I just
2: think that having your penis ripped off, (laughs) like, by anyone uh, or anything man, woman, animal, like, an evil carrot like, I would be quite scared of that carrot. I just think. It's about the the penis loss, <laughs> Chris. What's your take on losing your penis? <laughs> I, I don't mean like just like, not knowing where it is. Like I thought she, f- <laughs> I thought she feminised a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on. Anyway, I think it's a good introduction, Vicky.
1: To what to her? Yeah, yeah she's fantastic. Mm. I think she, I think she is brilliant. Talking again about giving the female characters just a little bit more to do than is usual in films like this. Apologies. Um, Anderson is not tragic she's not waif like she has this psychic ability and she just she's a badass and I like her for that.
2: Yeah very early on yeah. she hesitates for like the, a fraction of a second yeah. before her first kill and yeah. then dread goes the sentence is death and she's like all right. Okay. <laughs>
1: Why is Chris so upset? <laughs> no, no, no. Are you just he's... really hot? Is
3: it about the <laughs> carrot thing? No, my eye's just watering. I'm, not, You're I'm you... not upset. My right eye's
2: watering. You cut my left eye's fine. Is that a dig? <laughs> <laughs> we meet the centre guy, the guy at the start, who like shuts himself yeah. away and doesn't help them at all. And like he explains that there are no sides in this block. Like it's it's just they're literally already dead. And I just think, for someone who works in healthcare, that's a, a fairly bleak outlook, and not very. So it's a terrible bedside manner. If if you go, oh, you know, I've got this pain on the right side of my neck, and he goes, there are no sides. You're already dead. <laughs> that's that's not helpful. We haven't talked about peach trees yet, as a as a
1: as, as a, a bil- complex
3: because. On the DVD extras, they do that thing where they say, well, Peach Trees is just another character in the movie. <laughs> it is. Um, the, the the behind the scenes extras, the featurettes, noticeably none of them feature Pete Travis, director. <laughs> noticeably absent. But um, yeah, Peach Trees, is, I think it's amazing the way they, because this didn't have a huge budget, but I think it's super impressive. The minute the blast doors come down is a yeah, real goosebumps cool. moment. It's like this microcosm of their society. There's 75,000 registered citizens and they talk about, you know, good sci-fi of seeing into the
2: future. Like, you're looking at thinking, yeah, that could be us one day. Yeah. We could be going in that direction. Well, we're already there. Have you ever been down to Canary Wharf? The first time I went down to Canary Wharf, I was like, you've got a bowling alley and a supermarket at the bottom of this block of flats. Why would you ever leave? (laughs) Do
3: Do you know why they named it Peach Trees?
2: A restaurant somewhere.
3: So, uh... The Peach Tree is a restaurant in Shrewsbury where Alex Garland met John Wagner, who first uh, invented uh, Judge Dredd. Oh right! Would you like to know what they serve there? I actually would, because I was just going to ask that, thinking you wouldn't know, and I feel <laughs> stupid now. Uh, inventive fusion menus served in 15th century galleried spaces with contemporary style decor, and uh, they are currently taking Christmas bookings.
1: Okay. <laughs> fantastic fancy Christmas at oh Shrewsbury? I would I really would I'd love to are you texting them no, I'm going on
3: TripAdvisor to see if it's any good I did. I actually did that it's got it's got some really good reviews but someone had a bad Sunday lunch there two weeks ago Oh! I've had a lot of time on my hands <laughs> get a fucking job
2: <laughs> um, this is podcast gold do you want to do this now do you want to do your top three future cop movies where did I put mine
1: I've got three. Are you yep. ready? Yeah, do it in three. Uh, just to make you laugh, Virtuosity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm playing. I'm playing fast and loose with the instructions. Sorry, here. what was the
3: name of the cop in Virtuosity? Denzel Washington. Denzel
1: Washington. <laughs> Correct. Sorry. <laughs> what his actual character name? Not a clue. No, me neither. No. Okay.
3: But I didn't pick it. So
1: uh, number two, Minority Report. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. What, what's the cop called? Tom,
1: Tom Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> 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 uh, number one district nine
3: who's the cop who's the in cop that? that
1: don't know <laughs> I can't remember but they're law enforcers of some sort he's uh, not a cop is he he's not a policeman <laughs> no, I guess he's like, he's some like sort enforcers. of
2: enforcers he's an administrative yeah. kind of guy yeah. yeah I will give you that but Thank it's you weak it's not weak it's wickers
1: Oh, Good. Uh,
2: okay, great. What are yours, Alex? At number three, I've gone for 1981, Sean Connery in Outland, mm-hmm. which is fucking brilliant. And I only saw it about six months ago. And I can't believe I missed it. I don't it. think I've ever seen it. Watch it. Okay, awesome. At number two, um, Mel Gibson as Mad Max, 1979. And um, also, you know, we were talking about original movie posters. I've got an original Mad Max poster hanging on my wall because I love that movie. So much. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, number one, and I p- kind of picked this because I do love it, and I kind of picked it because I knew we were going to be down on him in this episode a little bit. Sliced alone as John Spartan in Demolition Man. Oh man, you got two of mine. Oh, cool. All it's right, because we're spending all this time together, which I'm enjoying. Well, I've got to say, RoboCop then because no one said right <laughs> about good good uh, I had Gunslinger from Westworld oh sh- wait like the Yul Brynner character yeah isn't he a sheriff oh shit he is yeah well done good yeah. good that's great that's a good one that is yeah, a, good that one. a good one yeah that is a good one <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know Mad Max I don't know right fine <laughs> let you touch my poster weird <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Although, and, I'll be honest, Mad Max seems less and less like a cop as those films well, continue. Well, yeah,
2: you have to pick the first one because after <laughs> yeah, that yeah. he's no longer a cop. It's <laughs> no. the first one. Yeah. Um, and there are things in Dread, that uh, little things that annoyed me. Why has that guy got special eyes? What do they do? Because all he does is look at monitors, which you can do with regular eyes.
1: Yeah, you can do that with normal eyes, can't you? And he yeah. seems like he's having perpetually the worst day of his life. <laughs> <laughs> the whole film. He's just, uh, he's terrified from start to finish. God
2: damn it, Control. I put the request in <laughs> myself yesterday. Thanks, Control. You really saved my ass. I can't believe I like that fa-
1: worked. <laughs> I
2: like the fact she's leaning next to him on her elbow going, that's a good performance. <laughs> why, why is that guy in every film as well?
1: Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Dom Hall Gleason. Dom Hall Gleason. Is that Donald Glover? Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. recognize him. Shit, yeah. I did not know. He's
3: in every bloody film. He's great. Yeah, he's uh, good, good. in one film. In every other film.
2: What film do you like him in?
3: Ex Machina. I think
2: oh. He's really good in that. Yeah, but I really liked him in ge- as General Hux. Oh no. Yeah, in the fir- in the Force Awakens, he's great as General Hux. And then, all respect to Ryan Johnson, because <laughs> I know he's a friend. He texted you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he texts <But>, me.
2: <laughs> I just hate what happens to his character at the start of. The Last Jedi, where he goes from being this proper great villain into the comedy foil for what feels like a scene out of Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's like, why can't he hear me? Can he hear me now? It's like, what is happening? The other bit that I have a bit of a problem with is when, and it's so similar to the raid where they blast to escape all the gunfire.
1: Oh, and go outside. They I didn't like that bit because what, because they just end up at a very well-placed skate ramp and the- they meet the cast of hackers. <laughs> yeah, they do. But I, I, unless you're saying we would we would have taken our chances and if we'd fallen to our deaths that would have been all right. But then how surprised would you be to land on a skate <laughs> The ramp? only
2: skate park <laughs> yeah. on that side of the building. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. One of my problems with it, um, this is its a very nitpicky thing. Go on. Um, at the beginning, you know, the narration at the start, and he says, um, we're jury, executioner, judge. That phrase is the wrong way around. <laughs> like, and that's really annoying me. It's, the phrase is just literally, you're judge, jury and executioner. <laughs> if you miss out, if you go the wrong way. If you go straight from jury to executioner, you actually don't need a judge.
2: Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that so he's is, written yeah. himself
1: out of it. I, I get mean, it,
2: but... In many ways, the entire concept of the film <laughs> and the comic it's based on is flawed. <laughs> they should be called executioners, <laughs> yeah, not judges. Yeah. Well, well, done. well, speaking of the judges, how did you
3: feel about all the corrupt judges showing up? What
2: <laughs> I find annoying is that we don't understand what creds are and like what one million creds sure, will actually buy you. Yeah,
1: because like he says, split four ways, actually it doesn't start to seem like a huge amount of I mean, something.
2: Yeah, exactly. Is, 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 is it is it going to buy you what? Like yeah. some crisps on the way out? Are you doing it for fun?
1: <laughs> doing it for a laugh, yeah. yeah.
2: A slightly bigger problem I have, and it is absolutely understandable, and I'm saying this with so much love for this film, is that because of the budget that they were given, they decided to set it within the one block. And I said it at the start, I wish we'd explored Mega City for 1 more. And that's what the original Judge Dread in 1995 does. You get the giant ABC warrior robot, which is fucking terrifying. You've got the Angel Gang out on the cursed earth. And I wish we'd seen more of that. And apparently Alex Garland in his original draft did include like a whole Judge Death storyline that they just had no money for.
3: It was supposed to launch a trilogy. Mm. Um, where he was going to, the second one would be more Mega City and the third one he was going to do Cursed Earth storyline. That was all to come. I was with him the day it opened in America. I was with him in Austin and... I, we, we we were getting so much traffic on IGN to anything we covered. I was saying, you know, this is going to be great, isn't it? And he said, no, it's it's already a flop. And Alex I said, Garland said that, yeah, and it, and, it, and it hadn't even come
2: out yet. What was his thinking?
3: Um, he they'd got the numbers basically. They get these early forecasts, oh. and he said we aren't making enough money. I said, yeah, but it hasn't cost that much money. He goes, he goes, he sort of glared at him and said, no, we are not making enough money. This is this is bad. I said, why? And he said, it's because it's because we've made it with an R rating. He said, I wish now we'd made it PG-13. Which is interesting because at the time that was the thinking and since then there have been R-rated superhero movies that have been successful. Yeah. But at the time this was thought of as a bit of a taking a chance and he said it's just not paid off. And I said, but would you want to make Judge Dredd at PG-13 because it feels like it should be R-rated. And he said, I would do because I love the character so much and I want it to work and I want to make three movies. So I would have done, but, but I was told that we could do it this way.
2: Is it that or is it the fact that just genuinely Judge Dredd is not that big a character to a lot of people I mean he's not Batman he's not Superman he's not even jo- not Joker no yeah so I just don't think even though I love him and I know him I don't think but can't you launch can't you launch something
3: in a cinema like do you need that built-in audience or can you just make but a well... good film about an interesting character maybe the character isn't compelling enough I don't know it's a weird character because
2: That's what Vicky was saying yeah mm-hmm. that, that
3: lack of a personality
1: yeah I get it uh conceptually obviously the uh, justice is blind but you're trying to relate to someone or something.
3: Yeah, maybe it works better on the page than it does on the screen. So just in terms of numbers, the budget was 50 million and it grossed 35 million.
2: But it did make its money back, according to reports on home video. Well, have we talked about no. the ending? Do we need to talk about the ending? Well, where she goes over the edge, what happens to Mama? Mm. Yeah, I remember finding it really shocking uh, in the cinema. I think it's quite a grinder. I just think the idea of... It depends. This is what we don't understand about the drug slow mo. So if it fills you with euphoria, which it looks like it does, mm. then you're not really gonna care. Like it's actually quite a nice way to die because you're like, yeah, I'm sure. super high. Yeah. And oh shit, just before oh, I'm not high anymore, I'm dead. Like there's no time to contemplate your demise because you're high. Yeah. But if it is just slow motion, which visually it doesn't look like on their faces, yeah, then it's an awful way to die.
1: I don't think it is. I really I've thought about it a lot. I think being skinned is fucking worse. But, I mean, falling for what
2: feels like five hours yeah, but to your death.
1: There's definitely worse things to experience. Shark like, attack. Shark attack. Just, once you've gone over the balcony, unless the slow-mo inhibits your, like, common-sense thinking, you, you're you dead. You know you're dead. Yeah. So just enjoy it. I mean, what can you do? Like,
2: Be just, terrified that you're about to die. But you
1: you are, yeah, but you're already dead. So there, there's, you're not. what I'm saying is you're not experiencing physical pain. You're experiencing terror, but you're not in any... Uh, prolonged agony. Is I that
2: not better? I think that's worse. That feeling of terror for like what feels like five hours instead of 15 seconds yeah, is awful. I suppose so. Yeah. That's why a sneeze would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> is that because a sneeze is like a hundredth of an orgasm? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> Maybe. Right.
1: Um, you just didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Don't be coy.
2: Um, right, shall we do the bits? Let's yeah. do the bits. Let's do the bits. Okay, who were your MVCs? Let's start with you, Chris. I like the
3: homeless guy who will debase himself for credit. <laughs> <laughs> who comes to really
2: unpleasant, awful. Yeah, yeah. but d- Dread did tell him to if,
3: Yeah, To be fair, his conscience is clear. What would you do? What, how would you debase yourself for credit, Alex?
2: Juggle naked.
1: <laughs> that was quick. Bloody hell! <laughs> I haven't done it. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't I didn't ask bought. you, but I like it. <laughs> I can't be bored. What would you do, Chris?
3: I'd do the McConaughey. You've given me the thought now, the naked bongos.
2: Oh, yeah. We could yeah. do it together. Yeah. I mean, I'm free and I've got some balls. Vicky, Because <laughs> it's the double meaning. I've got balls.
1: I get the he got, she, got it. Right.
2: she got it. She knows what balls are. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bitten off a few in yeah. my
2: time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Vicky. MVC, right, right. Vicky.
1: Uh, Anderson. It's her film. That's the end of that sentence.
2: Um, and that's why it should have been called Sidekick, Sidekick.
1: Yeah, all right. Still grinning. <laughs> Still grinning. <laughs> will let it
2: go. Uh, my uh, MVC is the camper van at the start. <laughs> <laughs> the <Yeah. hell. laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, best moment. Are we doing best kill, kill. This Oh, we I
1: dis- haven't done We discussed
2: kill. it on
3: WhatsApp no, no, and just, we all agreed. No,
1: you said for the raid. Yeah, so you did. I'm sorry you did.
3: This week, let's do best kill. So mine is K with the gun. Who, which is K? Is the hostage that Anderson has
2: for the film. Oh, the dude who keeps imagining horrible things to her. Yes, right. Because
3: okay. I like to think that in that scene, she plants the idea in his head to take her gun. Yeah. And that's what kills him. And yeah. I think that's a really cool kill. <sighs> Clever.
1: Yeah, that is good. Because yeah. also, he would know that the, the gun only works with the judges, wouldn't he? Wouldn't that be a known thing? Because it goes, I do you fail, and blows his arm off. I don't know. Mm, okay. Yours, V? I, my best scene, because I can prove to you in the WhatsApp group that we were only talking about kills for the raid. Yep. Uh, right would when have
2: suggested it. <laughs> I've got best kill as well, actually. I haven't. All right, right you just Let's do go. your
1: best moment then. When, just before Mama hits the floor, which is what you were talking about, she turns her face away and I think that's a really, really powerful moment also a kill, know, know. So a kill oh yeah no sorry that's it, it feels like you're just saying oh we <laughs> yeah. didn't say best
2: kill for the hell of it oh yeah great kill vicky <laughs> uh, my best kill is when um the camper van crashes and dies at the start
1: <laughs> my camper van looked exactly like that camper which van, which honestly. film
2: features
3: the most kills i'm gonna say the, the rage. rage yeah 121 to
2: 102 and um, finally, what would you change?
1: Um, I would uh, show an impact on Dread and Anderson as they ascend the levels. They don't seem to be impacted physically or emotionally by what is happening to them. Right, Chris? Um, I'm
3: changing mine now because uh, during this discussion, I've changed my mind. I think I would like to live in a world where it didn't come out in 2012 and it came out now because the comic book Dread was kind of a reaction to Thatcher. Mm. Uh, and right-wing things that were happening in England. And I think now would be a good time to to release dread in America when that same stuff is happening in America with Trump and right-wing government. So I think it might make more of an impact now. So just to be clear, your change is the
2: release date of the movie. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, right, mine, I've mentioned already, really. I'd like to see more of Mega City 1. I'd like to see a bit more world building uh, in the future. I wish we'd got the trilogy. So i mm. changed the fact that there isn't a trilogy and that it didn't do well enough. That was my original one. Make oh two sequels. Goodness. Another high five. <laughs> yeah. We're going crazy with high fives my, this week. My third of the cast. <laughs> <laughs> right then, it's time for The Verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to- want answers? Answers. I want the truth. Um, I'm gonna ask you to go first, Vicky.
1: Uh, I'll be quick. Um, this oh, isn't oh, quick. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> my, Amazing. My brain is completely emptied. That's actually quite nice. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you looked at
2: peace for the first time ever. ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just all went so quiet. Oh, it's lovely. Um, I enjoy Dread more, so it's Dread.
3: <laughs> cool, 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 Chris. Well, they've got the same plot, and I think the visuals elevate Dread, and the action elevates the raid. I think Dread would be better if we had, if you read the comics and you had a bit more context and you knew Dread and you knew those other judges who the hell they were. Um, I like the fact you can empathise with Rama a bit more, but. S- Ultimately, if you don't like martial arts, I think the answer's dread. If you do the
2: raid, I like martial arts, therefore raid. Right. Um, I am literally using your logic, Chris, and I think I've said it already. Don't like martial arts, do love sci-fi. It's dread! Oh, yeah! No. <laughs> now I'm this the first time I'm annoyed. <laughs> dread is not is
3: not better than the rave. That is not a thing.
2: <laughs> I'm afraid it is. Oh mate, yeah. this is deep impact <laughs> and Armageddon for me. This is my Armageddon. <laughs> rules is rules. Dread <laughs> is the victor this week. Judgment time. Let's finish
3: this.
0: I'm alone.
3: Gutted. I'm pleased about that. Please Do write in
0: <laughs>
3: if you disagree with this uh, decision. Speaking of which, I actually, uh, we received an email this week oh. from Russell. Russell said nice things about the podcast. Not going to read them out. That's, but thank you for that. Russell also <laughs> says we got this wrong. He says the music in Labyrinth is awesome and I will defend it to the hilt. And he suggests we listen to the song Within You Again uh, because he says it's bewitching.
1: Is but that the one that's a bit dodgy? is within a child. <laughs> Cut that out. Do you know what? Fuck it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. That is it for this week. Let's look ahead to next week. Whose choices is it?
1: It's my choices. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this.
2: <laughs> oh, very quickly. Thank you for uh, your email, Russell. And if anyone else wants to email, it's show at clashpod.com. Uh, so
1: next week. Right, I'm going to be really quick. Chris from 1986. You've got Manhunter. Alex from 1991. You've
0: got
3: Silence of the Lambs. Yeah! <laughs> Nasty. So does this mean lots of Alex, Zane, Hannibal Lecter
2: impressions?
1: Sure, if he wants.
2: Well, sorry,
3: uh, just getting my practice in now.
2: Uh. Yeah. Hello. I'm, I'm lector. <laughs> <Hannibal> Lecter. Hiya. <laughs> is that your Brian Cox? That's amazing. Save it for next week. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening. Uh, that is next week then. Silence of the Lambs versus Manhunter. Uh, we'll be back with you then. Uh, once again, if you do want to get in touch, it's show at clashpod.com. And also you can hit us up on Twitter at ClashPod. Uh, please do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple, Spotify or elsewhere. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.